0: Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the My Two Cents podcast. My name is Keith Beggs. I'm the founder and CEO of Steadfast Wealth Strategies and the host of the My Two Cents podcast. Uh, Today, going to do a great interview. I was interviewed by Patrice talking about spending guilt. And as we roll into the holidays, I I know that's a big concern about people. What can we spend on the holidays? What's our budget? Do we have enough to do the things that we want to do? But before we jump into that, I, I just thought... With everything going on right now, I just wanted to address kind of what we're seeing out there with inflation and and what clients can do right now with the paranoia around inflation. So over the last year, we have seen what they're calling hyper or extreme inflation. We're having inflation over 5% right now. Social Security just came out and did the largest one-year increase since the 80s at 5.9% to help people keep up with inflation. Now, a lot of times people will say, well, inflation goes with wages increases, but if you look at it, wage increases have not kept up with inflation. So the cost of living is outpacing, outpacing excuse me wage increases, and really it's going to outpace even the social security increase that you're going to see. So, so what do clients do or what can you do with all this inflation? Well, typically when you have a lot of inflation, you also have a lot of market uncertainty and a lot of economic uncertainty. And so people tend to want to pull back from their equities or their market investments as they're concerned about it losing that money. And, and that's kind of where we get in this conundrum here, right? Where can we invest our money? We have to have it invested somewhere. If it's sitting on the sidelines, we're losing 6% purchasing power every year right now with the way inflation is going. And, and what has traditionally been done is clients have put that money into bond portfolios. They put that money in the bond portfolios. If you go back to the 80s, 90s, you could get five to 8% in a bond portfolio that would keep up with inflation and protect their money from loss. The problem is, we're not getting those returns from bonds, and no one seems to think that we're going to get those returns from bonds in the future. So, for the last 12 months, the the Vanguard Total Bond Index uh, has lost 1%. If you factor that in with the fee that most everyone's paying on a bond portfolio, either one to one and a quarter. That means you lost two to two and a quarter percent on your safe money. You factor that in with inflation, you're 8% down on your purchasing power. Okay, great, Keith. That was last year. What about moving forward? Well, if we look at all the expert forecasts, and and I'm doing air quotations when I say that, because if you've listened to this podcast before, I don't really believe in expert forecasts when it comes to equities. I do think they do have a little bit better odds or opportunity predicting bonds. But if you look at it from BlackRock to JP Morgan to Morningstar to Vanguard, nobody, nobody predicts over the next seven to 10 years a bond portfolio higher than 2%. So again, we got a one to one and a quarter fee. The net to you, the client, if they hit the high end of that proposal, which is 2%, is somewhere between 0.75% and 1% before inflation meaning that the money you have in bonds is going to be losing purchasing power every year over the next seven to 10 years, right? And if you look at it, when you get to retirement, they always say you want to have a safer portfolio when you get to retirement, right? More in bonds, less in equities. Uh, you know, there's The rule of a hundred has been common out there, which is whatever your age is, that's the percent of money you should have in safe money were bond portfolios. So if I give you an example, you're six years old, they say you should have sixty percent in bonds, forty percent in equities. Well, if you took that advice, that means sixty percent of your money was going to be losing four to five percent of purchasing power every year. Which means that you need to get your other your equity portion. That forty percent has got to be doing twelve percent a year just to stay flat. So, if this is your plan. I would say you don't have a really solid plan right now, and you need to talk to an advisor, whether it be us or somebody else. There are a lot of products out there, and I'm going to mention the same ones because we truly believe in them. There's great index annuity products out there that have zero fees, zero risk of market loss, have been doing somewhere between 4 and 7%, and can give you guaranteed income, with inflation protection on it, meaning that the income is guaranteed to go up by inflation year over year, so you do not lose your purchasing power. Now, we've been in pretty small inflation for the last 15, 20 years of one and a quarter to 2%. So everyone's like, uh, you know, whifty doodah. But now as we move into this hyperinflation and this excess, we're just rapid inflation that we're involved in, knowing that your purchasing power is going to be there for you today. And then it's going to be the same in 10 years and the same in 15 years, might give you a lot of comfort, right? Might give you a lot of comfort, and might help you actually go out and spend and enjoy your retirement instead of sit around and be panicked. So there is a tie into what we're talking about now and what I'm going to talk about to Patrice in here in just a little bit. So if you don't have any inflation protection, if you don't have a great safe money alternative besides bonds, I could see where you'd have spending guilt. I could see where you'd be scared to go purchase Christmas presents, or go on a vacation, or go to dinner. But if you put the right plan together, you don't have to fear these short-term concerns. So with that, we're going to roll into the interview. I hope it goes well for you. I hope you guys really enjoy it. And if we can be of any value to you, or if you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out to us. You can call me at 832-506-9034.
2: Hey everybody, I'm Patrice Sikora and I'm here with Keith Beggs. He's been talking about inflation. He's been talking about protecting your money, but he also mentioned something about spending your money and maybe feeling a little guilty about that. Believe it or not, it is a thing. And Keith can tell you all about it because as an advisor, he sees it. So Keith, what is this guilt about spending money?
1: Yes, hey, good morning, Patrice, how are you?
2: All right, all right, but I'm curious about this.
1: Yeah. So what we see is as people get closer to retirement or especially early on in retirement, right, they have the most money that they're ever going to have typically right where they feel like they have the most money that they're ever going to have. And they've got to make this last for whether it's 15, 20, 25, 30 years. So they've worked 25, 30 years. They just retired. They have all this money. And you think that they're going to just start going on vacation, going out to dinner, trying new hobbies. And what we find a lot of times is they sit at home. And they don't do anything. And they're paranoid about if they're going to make it. And it's not due to a lack of savings, right? The majority of our clients, uh, when we sit down with them and we're able to put the plan together, have more than enough money to sustain lifestyle, right? And lifestyle is subjective, right? People are, usually are comfortable with a lifestyle based on their income over the last, you know, however long. And so they typically just want to maintain lifestyle. And for most clients, that's not too hard to do if they do the planning, but without a plan, they're scared to spend it because they don't know if they have enough to make it. What's going to happen? Like we just like we just talked about with inflation, right? Is that going to interfere with it? Are they going to have enough for medical expenses? What are medical expenses going to be? And so when they have a lack of planning, it's kind of like, I think they kind of recluse, right? And they kind of just yeah. come back and, and they don't do anything. And it's it's really sad. I don't have a better word for it because you, know, you work so long. You uh, want to have hard- fun. You want yes, to, enjoy to get what you've earned. Uh-huh. And you've probably been talking to your friends about all the stuff you're going to do. Right. And like right now, we are, there's a lot of economic turmoil. There's very high inflation. There's a lot of things going on. But you know what? Last year, we had COVID and we had a lot of things going on. And in 2008, we had a lot of things going on. And in 2000, so there's always going to be a lot of stuff going on. Right. Very seldom do we, we do we have nothing to be concerned about, about <laughs> as a country or individual. I mean that's that's pie in the sky thinking. So uh, we kind of get wrapped up in the moment sometimes. But what we want to do is tell people that if you put together the t- the proper plan, these short term economic effects, whether it be inflation or volatility, whatever they are, you can plan for, and that you can be, you can give yourself permission to go out and enjoy retirement and not sit around all day. Watching these news channels that are do nothing but try to make you scared because you know why? They want you to stay watching the show, and if I tell you everything's going to be all right, you're probably going to turn off the TV and go outside and spend money. And spend money. <laughs> but if I tell you that the world is going to collapse and you know the Chicken Little, the sky is falling, you're probably going to sit in and stay glued to that TV because you're freaked out about it. Now, with um, your
2: with your clients, Keith, if you see somebody's not really doing anything. Do you just kind of give them a little poke or do you call them up and say, we need to a lot of times, once there are clients of ours, we kind of can get over this hurdle because we
1: talk a lot about this in the planning process. Right. But when we meet somebody and I always ask them to bring in a budget, right? What's your budget? You know, honestly, most people haven't done a budget forever, myself included, right? I, I'm not like, so if you'd haven't done a budget, don't, you know, don't. My feel hand like is really, up
2: too. My hand yeah,
1: is. yeah. So it, they're not fun to do, right? But we ask everyone to do one. And when they come in, if I'm looking at their budget in relation to their assets, it doesn't mean you have to go, you know, spend frivolously, right? But we'll talk about it. What's keeping you from doing things? When you set out to retire, you know, we also want to talk about what are your, what were your goals, right? So we do this thing with Madsen and Madsen Money is a big partner of ours. And we say, what is your true purpose for money? That is that in which it's bigger than money itself. So why are we working to save all this money? Why have you worked so hard to put all this money together? Right. What is the purpose with it? Let me give you some examples. And some people have very big, grandiose purposes. Other people have much more dialed in Mm -hmm. focus purposes. Right. So a focus of mine uh, is to have an impact in our community positively right? Mm -hmm. So I want to use my business and our income and what we do to then go out and have a positive impact in our our community. So, or some people might be to have an impact with their church or it might be to help get their kids through college, their grandkids through college, right? So we got to define that purpose. And that does a couple of things for us. One, it helps us set a budget. Two, it lets us figure out how we want to invest our money. Because a lot of people want to take a lot less chances and do a lot less speculating and gambling with their money once they truly know what it's for. And if you don't have a purpose for your money, a lot of times you don't know what you don't want to spend it or you don't want to do anything because you're not sure what it's there for. You know what like you just kind of want to hoard it because you're scared you're gonna define or come up with that purpose later on and then you're not gonna have the money. So I think defining what you're looking for in retirement and then coming up with a budget are, are two very important things to begin this process.
2: Is that the main way that you help people not be afraid?
1: So this is yeah, there's a number of ways. One, we gotta define how much money. You, you can spend on an annual basis, right? Factor in inflation and let you know, and let's say you, you want to plan through age 95 or 100, that we're going to have money, right? So the first thing to do to feel comfortable with spending is know that you have enough that you mm-hmm. can outlive, right? And so there's different ways to do that with financial vehicles and stuff and put plans together. So that's the first thing um, that we have to do. Then we have to kind of define what's the purpose, what do we want to accomplish you know, with our money? And then we have to talk about what are the pitfalls? What are the things that could interrupt right that we can't that we don't know about today that could interrupt this plan and what would happen if those happen because that's kind of what a lot of concern is the fear of the unknown right so that may be a major medical expense right, right. Oh, one of those is, you know and these are things that are tough to talk about right but like dementia alzheimers right what happens if those things creep into place because most people don't want to become a burden on their kids right so what what if those pitfalls happen you know one that we've talked about for a long time that's coming to fruition right now is inflation Right, you know, we've been doing this for a number of years, and inflation's been relatively small or stagnant. But it's a concern, and now it's here, right? And some of the people that have planned properly, we never want to see this type of inflation, right? Because you know, you, we do have to make maybe small adjustments, but we planned for it. We knew it was a possibility. So then you can just adjust your plan and keep moving forward, right? If you didn't have a plan for it, right, then you can't. Then you, you're scrambling, yeah, right. <laughs> And everything falls apart. So a lot of it is talking about pitfalls. What would happen if those pitfalls happen? How do we protect our short-term income, right? What is the money we need for the next five to 10 years? And how do I make sure that no matter what happens, that's going to be there? So what matter if the market drops, no matter if inflation, no matter what happens, how do I protect that money so that I can put my long-term investments in a long-term approach and give them time to work? And I think if people do that, then they're able to start going out and enjoying retirement more. And I will tell you, I can't quote a a certain study, but the people that are outside enjoying retirement that are involved in things, whether that's hobbies, whether it's their church, whether it's volunteering at different organizations or schools, tend to have a much better or healthier lifestyle
2: Absolutely, and tend to
1: live much longer. So these things are important. If you sit around and stress all day, you're not only hurting yourself financially, but you're really taking a toll on your health. Yes. And, and, and there's a number of studies out there that prove that and the people that have a purpose for their money and they wake up with a purpose, whether that's to go, whether it's golf, whether it's to hang out, you know, at the core golf course, whether it's to go fishing, whether it's to, you know, to help kids with a school, the church, whatever that may be. And they're involved and they're not sitting around paranoid about these things. Um, they have a, not, it's not a, a bat in a thousand, but they have a much healthier lifestyle. They have a much less stress Right, much less health problems, and they're able to live a happier, longer retirement. Which is really what we're about. We're, you know, um, we chose the name Steadfast for a reason. We are not a, a, a get quick rich company. We are not a shortcut company. We are about sustainability and lifestyle, and managing risk, and being very efficient with our clients so that they don't sit around and think about this stuff all the time. That they know that they have a plan that they can count on no matter what the daily news is, and they can enjoy retirement and not sit around and panic because they put all their eggs in one basket looking for you know a miracle in terms of returns or something like that.
2: Let's look at the other side of the coin here. What about clients who start spending too much? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we do have clients that, 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 <laughs> that want to spend
1: more of their, of their money than they should. And to be hundred percent honest, we can't stop them. Right. So we are not, it is always our client's money. Right. So I want to be very clear about that. Our clients can do whatever they want to do with their money. It's their money. They might do that against our recommendations. <laughs> right. But they can always do what they want with their money. And, you know, we do see some clients doing that. And that is a hard conversation, but it's one that if we're doing our job correctly, that we need to be willing to have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that'll happen on the front end with a client, if they kind of bring in their budget and kind of what they're willing to accomplish. And we'll be like, look, we don't feel like this is feasible. I could always put together something that says it would be right. Cause I can say, well, you're going to make X in the market where we can show whatever returns that they say they're going to get in the market. Right. But if we And and, and me personally, I don't feel like it's a feasible or has a high percentage chance of working, right? Not if a a 20% chance of working isn't something I'm signing off on, right? We need to be in the 95 plus, right? And so if we don't believe it's going to work, then we'll obviously tell them that. And at some point we may have to let them go. Um, That was my
2: next question. What do you do if they don't listen to you?
1: At some point we have to let them go. Okay. And it's not, it's not, there's no animosity towards it, but you know, we have a company reputation and licenses on the line and my family's, you know, future. I don't want to be sued because of improper spending mm-hmm. where we're signing off on things that we think are inappropriate. And so we'll have conversations with the client and we'll tell them, look, if this is where you want to go. And, and typically what happens, Patrice, is the clients that are overspending are, are are often very optimistic about market returns and the level of money that they want to have in the market. So that's where the, that's where the. Oh, okay. It's not a butting the heads where it's just we don't feel like that those while they could happen, right? Everything, you know, we can't say it can't happen. No one could predict the future. They don't have a higher probability of happening. And so we would just feel better if they did that with someone else who felt comfortable Mm -hmm. using those very aggressive assumptions.
2: They're just Um, a little little optimistic.
1: Yeah. And and look, we love optimism, right? (laughs) But we want to make sure that no matter what happens, that you're going to be okay, your spouse is going to be okay, and, and that you're not, you know, that, that you're going to be able to move through the retirement. So it's only happened, I think, once or twice. So this is not something we we have as a common issue. Most of the people we deal with are looking for sound, solid advice, you know, educational, academically based advice. You know, I think there's a misconception out there about what the what retirees or pre-retirees are looking for. When it comes to financial advice, I think a lot of people just want to scream returns, 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 and and just talk about how much they can make clients. But I I think a lot of it is it's about what you keep, what you protect. And and I think for most people, it's about quality of life, right? It's not about how much you make in retirement, at least in our eyes, right? It's about quality of life. Can you sustain your quality of life into the future? And can you enjoy the retirement that you've worked so long for? Where are you out on a ledge where it's a little wobbly and, you know, if the wind blows the wrong way, or what if they change the taxation on this, right? Or what if they start doing, they increase long-term capital gains tax work, you know, there's a lot of things that are being proposed right now, right? And they're, I'm not going to get politically on this one. We did that on the last one about good or bad, but they're going to have a massive impact on a lot of people. And if you got all your eggs in one basket, you right. better hope that yeah. you're on the basket that they choose where it could all come crumbling. <laughs> you could have an omelet really fast, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> a big omelet. You can only eat so much at one time. Right. Um, let me ask you this. Your clients. Now, travel has been a little rough the last year with COVID, granted. Are you starting to see them now, the retirees, say, I want to go spend that money and I want to travel?
1: We are. We're seeing a, a lot more travel. We Maybe not as much air travel. Mm-hmm. Just because of the complications and the requirements and different things. And uh, typically retirees are more comfortable with a long drive. They have, right? They're not working. They have the time, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. right To break it down. Like give an example, like if I wanted to drive to Colorado, it's, It's like 18, 19 hours. I mean, I only have so many vacation days. That's, you know, I got to drive all the way through, right? Well, my parents are are retired and they can break it down into three days with their camper. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more of that. And we're kind of seeing a change in the vacation style more from hotels. I mean, obviously, if you look at anything, RVs, you know, and those type of things and, and more outdoor um, type of vacations are becoming, I think, more popular uh, of, across all age groups. But we are safe for that, and a lot of it is travel to go see family, miss time. Yes, a lot of miss time. You know, I, and I'll use my family as an example. I had a f- five to six, about a seven-month-old daughter when COVID started, and so my parents didn't see her for about six months there. So up until that point, they had missed half of her life, right? When you think about it. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing that they've done now, and they're blessed to have an RV and be able to do this, but they come down for about a month and stay at the RV. So they're not in our house for a month. (laughs) And, and then they get
2: that, they get that,
1: that it's, it's not quality quality time, right? We'll get a little off track here, but there was a study about the four day work week, right? and going to a four-day work week. And there was a study done, and there was a gentleman, I can't remember his name, um, but talks about how that's going to negatively impact the family. So I was very interested in this article. So I read the whole article, and he said, what's going to happen is parents are going to work more hours over those four days cramming in all that work week into the short amount of time And so they're going to spend maybe larger tranches of time with their kids, but they're not going to spend that repetitive time with their kids, the everyday time, because they're going to get home later. They're going to be tired and different things. And I kind of related this to see what happened with my parents, because we would go up there and they'd get three full days with the kids, but then we would leave and they'd be out of sight, out of mind. But when they see Nana every day for an hour or 45 minutes, that's when they start asking about her. That's when they're like, where's Nana? Can Nana pick me up? You know, that, mm-hmm. that's when that, that connectivity really happens. And so I, I don't know where, you know if he was right or wrong, but I do understand where he's coming from with that. And some of the complexities, what he was saying is that we should just have shorter work days, not shorter work weeks. So we're just a counter thing. And, but it, it goes back to what we're saying. I think we're seeing a lot of our clients go places for two to three weeks at a time to go see their family or their kids I and really get that long-term connection that builds the, the 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 relationship more than they do when they get them for just two solid full days in a row.
2: That's an interesting study. I can see where it comes from. It does make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. My first reaction was what? I don't understand why he yeah, would say that. Right, and then right. as I read it and you kind of, you know, yeah. and that's the great thing about reading, right? You can hear other points of view and process them and, you know, and so it's just something interesting that, that I thought had a lot of merit in it. And it's something that, you know, we don't, we always just think less work is better, but we're like, you know, Mm-hmm. but it may not be in, in that regard.
2: Keith, how can listeners reach you?
1: Yeah, so if any anyone out there has any questions about um, what they can afford in retirement, right? What can they afford in retirement? Um, do they need to downsize to free up more money so they can do more things? All those type of questions. Uh, they can find us online at Steadfast, spell just the way it sounds, steadfastws.com. They can email me at Keith at steadfastws.com or they can call me directly at 832-506-9034. I know Christmas is right around the corner. A lot of parents uh, and grandparents get, ner- get a little worried about Christmas. They want to provide where, you know, they want their kids to get everything they want, but they're concerned about how that's going to affect them. It's always a planning issue. Unfortunately, this always goes back to planning. Almost every topic we have here. Do you have a sound financial plan? Is it flexible? and, and, and And does it meet your needs? And if you have those things, then you can really go out there and enjoy these holidays, enjoy time with family, enjoy vacation, and enjoy your hobbies, and and really not have to stress about the day-to-day. We need to stress from, you know, pay attention to the long term and have it, you know, in our plan, but we don't have to stress about the day-to-day. And I think that would be huge for a lot of people
2: in retirement. And that is Keith Beggs of Steadfast Wealth Strategies and the host of My Two Cents. Follow or subscribe to this podcast to get the latest show and be sure to share
0: with friends and colleagues. Thank you for listening to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through Steadfast Financial Planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This podcast is not intended to provide specific investment, financial planning, tax, or legal advice. It is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult your tax advisor, financial advisor, or legal professional for specific advice on your specific situation.